Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You're listening to Queers, a podcast about politics and culture with Simon Copland and Benjamin Riley. October 2016. I'm Simon Copland. And I'm Benjamin Riley. Welcome to Queers. Each episode we talk our way through questions on a theme, and this week we're talking about coming out. Yesterday was International Coming Out Day. National Coming Out Day was first observed 28 years ago in the United States to mark the anniversary of the National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights. According to the Human Rights Campaign, the day was designed, quote, as a reminder that one of our most basic tools is the power of coming out. As this suggests, coming out is historically, politically very important. In the 1960s and 70s in particular, coming out was seen as a way of building power for the queer movement. The more people came out as gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, intersex, etc., etc., the more visible and, in turn, the more powerful queer people would become. This was about creating ownership over our sexuality and gender identity, and in turn being proud of who we are. These ideas absolutely still underpin coming out as we see it today. In modern times, coming out is still seen as something that all queer folk must do. It is implicitly seen as the only way to be able to fully express and live one's true identity. This is the kind of politics that Coming Out Day represents. However, this does come with its problems. While coming out has often been a powerful tool, it also has a history of pressuring people to talk about their sexual practices or gender identification when they do not feel comfortable or when it is dangerous to do so. Coming out also has the capacity to force people into particular identity boxes, ones that are set in particular ways and that you cannot change once you have come out. That is what we want to talk about today. So Ben, let's get started. We are both out and proud gays, and that probably means we've both had a coming out story. Um, What's yours? Uh, So, um, as I think we're going to get back to uh, in a little bit, I don't have a coming out story so much as I have many coming out stories, because it is a, a very long process. And I think for me in particular, uh, well, I don't know, I don't want to say in particular, um, but for me, it certainly felt like, uh, a, ver- like a relatively long process, um, and, and maybe that in and of itself um, points to a gap between sort of cultural understandings of what coming out is and our own experiences of it. If maybe, maybe a lot of people think that, maybe a lot of people feel like coming out took a lot longer for them than it did for those around them. Maybe we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, I, I, the first time I ever told... So I came out as... Um, uh, when I was about 14, 15, around there, uh, a very, very good friend of mine came out to me as uh, bisexual, and the following day I came out to her also as bisexual, which I think is is quite a, um, a common experience for a lot of men who later go on to identify as gay. And obviously it's kind of complicated in that, you know, like we don't want to erase bi-identities, although that 
you know, even that's kind of a compl- complicated thing to say in the context of this discussion. Um, and I think that can be a kind of um, uh, safe um, stepping stone towards identifying as gay for a lot of gay men. Although, funnily enough, now that I say that, I remember in a conversation with that same friend, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, a, a year or something after we had come out to each other as bi, uh, I remember questioning my own... Uh, sexuality as bi and kind of wondering if maybe I was just gay. And I remember having this conversation with her about it, which I haven't really thought about in a long time. It's actually um, come, to, come to think of it sort of interesting where I said, um, you know, saying, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just gay. And I'm like, you know, I feel like I am more physically attracted to men, but I am more perhaps emotionally attracted to women. And she said, to me something that is just such a perfect response and especially given that she she would have been you know just like 15 or 16 at the time mm-hmm. she said you like men you like women you buy you know it sort of doesn't you know who cares like what the kind of nature of that attraction is yeah um, i mean i mean and that starts with the whole i mean there's a whole sort of space we could go down to go you know a sort of rabbit hole we could go down of you know what is actually sexuality in this context but i think that we can maybe think about that in a second i was yeah for I, sure for sure i, was, I mean I was, you know we that that's certainly something that that's come up on the podcast um before hmm. um so i guess that was kind of the very first time i came out to a few people during high school and was kind of very lucky in hindsight that they didn't really tell anyone else because i grew up in a country town um, there was a, a, a guy a few years older than me who, um, uh, the first guy I ever kissed actually, who, who Aww. came out, told a few people, they told everyone else and he was like bullied so viciously, so viciously at my school. It was quite horrific. And I luckily didn't, um, didn't, I mean, you know, I was bullied, uh, and, uh, and a lot of that was homophobic, but it, but it was kind of like that way that guys often bully other guys in a homophobic way, kind of regardless of whether they know someone's gay or not. Um, and then I, uh, finished high school, went, uh, overseas for a year. And that was kind of my real sort of coming out. I went to my first gay bar, I had sex for the first time. I sort of start told people in my workplace, um, and then kind of resolved that when I came back, I would, I would come out to my, my friends and family, which, which I did. But even from there, you know, it was, I feel like it probably took me, so I was kind of 19 when I got back, but I would say it took me really until, until my mid twenties before I didn't feel like I had to come out in every situation that I was in to really kind of, I feel like that process didn't end until my mid twenties. Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, it's interesting. I used the term coming out story quite naturally in writing the script that we were, that, you know, in, in getting, you know, in preparing us and mm. asking that question. But you are 100% right. And I think that there is no one coming out story, no matter how popular that is in in discourse around coming out, you know, even in a lot of, you know, you see a lot of, you know, gay mags or queer mags talking about, you know, having stories about people about having articles about people's coming out stories, when I don't think anybody could say that there is one coming out story, there is one opportunity to come out. Um, And and that's exactly the same for me. I think I told the first person, uh my a good friend of mine in high school um when i was and and someone i trusted very much when i was i think 15 uh and i didn't i i did the straight uh i'm 
I said that I was gay. I sort of kind of knew that, I think, pretty early on. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, anyway, that's that's a different thing, thing to discuss, I guess. Uh, and... Um, interestingly, I did that via email because I didn't, I feel, didn't feel particularly confident, um, doing it face to face. Um, and then I, I'm just thinking about this now. I remember, um, having another friend who was kind of a friend, but, you know, more of an acquaintance who also sort of came out around that period of time. Um, and I then confided in them, not because they were my best friend, but because talking to someone else who was my age and gay was something that I wanted to do. Uh, and I told them, I'm pretty sure it would have been by MSN Messenger because that's what we all did in those days. Um, and very interestingly, that person was the person who went and told everybody else about my sexuality without my without my consent. Um, and and I remember being very upset about that, not because people, or partially because I was people finding out and I didn't want them to, but partially, but mostly because my agency was taken away from being able to have those conversations with people. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if I look back on it in some ways, in some perverse ways, even though it was the wrong thing to do, I was thankful for it because the one thing I find about coming out is it becomes very, very tiring and I find it exhausting having to have these same conversations. And I found it then exhausting having to have the same conversations with every friend I had about being gay as um, as I do now when I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and I think it must have been about 16 or something like that when I, when I decided to tell my parents. Um, so I told my parents I... We were watching TV and I said, can we talk about something? And I told them that I was gay. And then it maybe, you know, I told them and then I think it may have been about six months or a year later that I told my brother and sister as well. Um, and never, none of them ever had any issues with it. So I was quite lucky in that kind of way. But then the, I think the thing that happened for me was the, and this goes back to being very tired about all of this. Um, I found myself very, for a number of years, going through that process of coming out in every new physical, every new space I went to. Um, so a new workplace at university, um, at, uh, when I, I went overseas in 2009, when I was 21, um, for a year and had new university friends, all of that sort of stuff. And coming out was a kind of ongoing process. Um, and, but I was also lucky in that I met my partner James when I was 18. Um, and so I had him as a bit of an anchor there. So it's very easy in many ways to be like, oh, my boyfriend does this and totally, use that as a totally. way to coming out. And I feel much, much, you know, I have no qualms about that, using that, doing that sort of stuff nowadays. Um, and correcting people when they, when they say, oh, what does your girlfriend do? Um, which still happens a lot. I think the, the, the element that I also want to talk about is that, you know, I started um, a second relationship with my partner, Martin, and sort of went into a poly relationship a couple of years ago. And what was interesting for me was having to go through the very same processes as I did when I came out as gay. Um, and I sort of short-circuited, and I told my good family and friends about that, and then short-circuited the rest of it by writing an article about it and publishing it online, yes. which just made <laughs> which made the whole life easier. Because I just got, I just, you know, part of it, you know, part of it was that I wanted to talk about it. Part of it was like, I don't want to have to do this time and time again for every single person I have to do the same explanation here I'm going to write it out here's my explanation someone asked me I'll send you a link um, rather than doing that over and over again but yeah that process of you know it just being an ongoing thing is definitely something that that I experienced and I think everybody has experienced mm. um, yeah it's, I mean it's funny kind of talking about that stuff I find coming out a really interesting topic because I think there's a temptation particularly the way that we framed this discussion around some of the problematic things around what coming out means for um, 
the essentialization of identity and uh, whether cultural narratives around coming out uh, put pressure on people. And I, I think also something else that's that's probably worth discussing is there the fact that coming out as a narrative is a very Western one. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are all true, and I think those problems are all there. But at the same time, I think that it can be a really quite powerful thing, both for individuals, for the people around them, for kind of cultural narratives around uh, sexuality. And I think, importantly, as we we did an episode on this a while back, uh, uh, kind of what what ties us... It's, some, it's one of the very few things, really, that you can identify as, as being a an experience um, that ties us together as, as queer people because it is by its very nature about marking us out as different from the norm and having to kind of go through that um, that kind of sometimes like ideologically or, or literally um, violent process. Mm. And what's interesting to me is I think part of your story that interested me was about you saying you went to you went overseas and that was sort of when you did your proper full coming out you know sure. and you said things like going to a gay bar and having sex for the first time that sort of stuff and i think there's a lot of the narrative so there's there's the coming out there's two elements i guess to coming out or it's probably more but there's the there's there's the taking ownership of a sexual identity or a gender identity of you know gay lesbian bisexual etc and sort of placing that identity onto yourself and then publicly saying that but then there's also the process of and and i think this is inherently wrapped up in the coming out narrative there's a process of cultural um as a cultural process as well of Coming out as gay means going to your first gay bar. It means having sex for the first time. It means acting on that se- that sexual identity that you've also um, that you've just ascribed to yourself. Sure. And I think many would not would, and I think much of the political discourse doesn't see the first one really. You know, the first coming out, ascribing that identity to yourself as having actually occurred until that cultural process has already happened until you become ingrained within that cultural community, uh, and that is difficult in many ways. I mean, I think that there's just an there's there's Part of that pro- part of that is a pro- that's part of the process, I guess, for or at least in a lot of the discourse, not necessarily in a lot of the way it actually occurs, um, that you have a sort of cultural coming out. Um, sure, I mean, I feel like that kind of points to uh, something that I think you mentioned before, which is like a rabbit hole. But why not? Um, like, what is sexuality, uh, and and what is sexual identity? In that, I mean, to to me, um, that process of becoming embedded in a cultural identity, or let's just say, let's just say a culture, um, is the far more, or certainly for me, was the far more important process and the far more mm. kind of powerful process, um, and I think is a, a certainly a more interesting way to think about coming out as a process of like maybe even a process of socialization into a culture rather than uh, a sort of ag- an acknowledgement of some essential identity. Because I, I imagine that we're probably on a pretty similar page in terms of, I mean, and again, this is something we have explicitly discussed on the podcast before in terms of, um, you know, the whole, uh, the nature of sexuality as identity or, or gender expression as identity being uh, something that, you know, is problematic and and can um, potentially kind of restrict our our um, options, our our experiences, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think there's 
you know that you know that discourse is around the then you know the the identity politics discourse there is around mm. the need to place particular identifiers onto people so if you're a man who has sex with men you must be gay if you are a person who has you know men who have sex with men and women you must be bisexual that is a there's a sort of a physical description or i guess a description of who you have sex with is sort of the basis for that but it has a whole bunch of cultural understandings behind it that you know then sort of create this identity and and the problematic part of the coming out process is that it's not just that it that it's that it, that it enforces that um, identity onto it, and I remember so you know basic things like when I first came out, being you know oh you know being saying oh but you you know you don't have much fashion sense or you know you know, you know that kind of really is I think basic you're very assumption. fashionable, Simon. Uh, I'm not that fashionable. But, you know, I don't really care. It's like that's not a, that's not my thing. But you know you know oh you know does that mean you you know friends would be like does that mean you're going to want to come shopping with me all the time? I'm like no, well, no. Sure. You know sure. it was the placement of an identity onto 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 your now, uh, that, you know, I've got no problem with the stereotypes. I don't really care. I think that they can be very damaging in particular ways. Um, but, yeah, I don't really care. you know, the placement of that identity and that sort of constraining of what those identities means, I think is, is quite problematic. And the process of coming out is not a process of saying, I like to fuck dudes. It's I am gay, which is a very different, actual different concept. You know, and for mo- a lot of people coming out occurred before the sex even happens before the physical act even happens it, it's sure, a process sure. of an identifier yeah it's it's in mm, i mm, what am i trying to say it's interesting because i t- like totally agree in the sense that um being locked into a, a sort of stereotype stereotypical sort of cultural uh image let's say is problematic, as you said, but at the same time, I was having a conversation with someone uh, just on on the weekend. I can't remember what the conversation was about, but for some reason, we were talking about how um, being gay in the past, in Australia at least, this was a, a gay man, probably um, twenty years older than me, uh, meant, for example, that you had progressive politics, like yep. that was part of the identity, and. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was sort of like, well, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think that's true. Like I've certainly talked to older gay men who, who talk about the. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. The fact that there were very conservative movements, for example, that, that ran alongside, for example, Gay Lib. Um, in the 60s and 70s, and he was like, yes, but those men wouldn't have identified as gay. Mm. You know, they might have been homosexuals, for example. Yep, yep. I think that's a kind of interesting thing about the way that identity politics and the essentialization of identity has become uh, such a fundamental part of the way we think about queerness, uh, because I think the kind of common discourse is that that has allowed, like, that it's a good thing that that you can um, be gay and conservative, for example, that, that there is there can be this kind of separation and divorcing 
between uh, your you know essential quote unquote identity and your cultural um, uh, expression or your cultural again identity. But it, but there's something kind of really weird about that as well. There is in the sense of what does that actually mean for identity? What is a gay identity if it is only about who like who you want to fuck? I get essentially, you know. And this is this is the interesting thing for me. If 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 it's a sexual identity, there are things more implicit in that. You know, there are things more implied in that. I mean, um, you know, there is a, a, a sort of more parts of your identity that are implied in that than, than who you are necessarily sexually attracted to. And and it's interesting to hear what you're saying about, you know, the difference between being gay and being homosexual, uh, where uh, sort of homosexual was the sexual act, I guess, uh, whereas gay was more of the potential identifier that associated with particular cultures and communities. Um, sure. Well, and... in fact, in fact, I think the, the this guy I was talking to was kind of arguing that they, they were both cultures, you know, mm, like yeah, they were yeah. both cultural identities, but they were different ones. Yeah, and what we've seen now is those cultural identities merging, I guess, you know, uh, in some ways. Not, yeah. not not the cultural identities merging, but sort of the these groups who who are different cultural identities merging into having the same identifier, even if they're very disparate communities. Sure, sure, because I would I would say I guess that the the those ah oh, just the word identity is so shit. It's so hard to like yeah. talk about this <laughs> stuff without just falling back on uh, shitty language. Um, yeah. But. You know, I would almost say that, like, culture, there's been this immense cultural fragmentation for, let's say, quote-unquote homosexuals, um, uh, men who have sex with men, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, you can belong to all these different kind of subcultures and communities and have different political stripes. Uh, what's weird is that it's, there's this, deta- that, what's weird is the very kind of advent of an essential identity that is separate from those cultural expressions yeah yep, so right. where they've merged is not at the side of culture but at the side of this whole new thing this whole new um idea of sexual identity relatively new historically speaking yes yes i can see what you're saying um and I, i'm just trying to think about tying this back i know back i feel like to... we're, <laughs> we're no no because because the question of like what is sexuality and, and it also would be uh, to extend this to the question of what is gender identity in many ways because i think that this even though they're different the issues in some ways are also this very similar around the sure. questions of identity um i think that this question is really integral to the idea of coming out because when you're coming out as something you come out as this at least either you you know you either see it yourself you take up ownership and this was the idea in the original sort of politics of coming out that you take up ownership of this particular identity and then that is the powerful thing that you mm. have ownership over this and you have and and it creates a community so the more people who come out the more gays, lesbians, trans people, intersex people, you know, who who are who are out talking about that talking about having ownership over that um, means that there is a greater community of people who who are who are together and connected and fighting for the same issues, etc. Mm. etc. Um, but that that very process becomes very questionable when when you start to have those debates about what is actually a sexuality and what is the identity that we're talking about. Um, and you know and and have have they sort of has this been lots of fragmentation in these communities that has existed, particularly as it's got as more and more people have come out, quote unquote. Is that you look you look quizzical? Oh no, I, I suppose I'm just kind of think, yeah, I, um, I'm thinking. 
we're sort of thinking, thinking. We're, we're definitely going into the depths of like you know what the hell are we even here for <laughs> which you know which i feel like we we've sort of um we have talked about we have talked about in the past i wonder i i was kind of i'm interested in that idea of like community springing from um the act of coming out itself because mm. i almost feel like it the the almost the reverse is true now like i think if i think about my own experience and when i said before that that process of coming out for me didn't really feel i don't know you know it's a bit of a cliche to say that it never ends and that's i think absolutely true um but didn't really feel at least to some extent complete until i was in my mid 20s and a big part of that for me was becoming involved in um LGBTI community organizations uh and my particularly working at the the Star Observer as a journalist there was totally for me about um feeling some i guess like claiming some ownership over over gay culture um mm. in a way that i i had felt oh, this is you know i'm probably no, tra- i know exactly what you're saying because i, yeah. I, I feel I'm... exactly the same um you know i um i, I sort of interrupt so you can think a bit more um, <laughs> um my process occurred at an earlier age than you but when i first came out to my parents um they they actively encouraged me to to seek out other queer people and i started going to a group called uh, bit bent uh, which was a um, a queer youth support group that um met on a monday evening um just down the road from my school at the time hmm. was this, this uh, is the same one that you talked about in the last episode i think so yeah it would yeah, be, it would yeah. Be. if i talked about one i talked about this one um so uh facilitated by two guys who i'm really good friends with now um but was really an integration from me uh, for me into a into a gay community a very young gay community at that point in time um but i created really good friends out of it and and it and it sort of solidified my coming out process. And mm. I felt much more comfortable taking ownership over my own sexuality through also taking ownership over the over the over some part of the community uh, and sort of really sure. being actively engaged in that process. Uh, and you know, we had some big debates about what community is last week, but this is this is the thing that I felt really connected to at that point of time, and I, and I found it really valuable. Um, and that never would have happened without the coming out process. So it was kind of this funny thing where it never would have happened without initial coming out, without initial saying, you know, giving my, labeling myself with that identifier, that gay identifier. But it also never, but it also made it more of a coming out. It made me, you know, sort of came, it was my coming out into a community as well, which I wanted to take ownership over and have be part of. Um, and that's the interesting part about it. So I think, I think I know what I was, what I was, where I was going now. Awesome. I've like, like, the thoughts have come together. So I think, and, and you telling that story just makes me think about, um, you know, when, when you said that that process happened much earlier for you, I was kind of taken aback momentarily because I was like, oh, but I feel like I came out quite young. And th- But then I think about when I tried to have similar experiences of engagement. And I, I think I also talked about this last episode. I um, I tried to get initially involved in queer um the oh, I don't know, queer community activisms ish stuff at uni and just was really really alienated by the whole process and I found it quite a uh, a hostile um space uh I I I really didn't connect with any of the people that I met um and and found it I I hated it I just found it really gross 
yep, wasn't yep. for me. I mean, I'm sure some people got something out of it, but the impression I got was that I, I actually found it quite toxic. Um, doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Well, you know, uni politics, I guess, are a bit like that. Um, yep, yep. Uh, especially when it's some, you know something so personal, and uh, I, I I wonder whether this detachment that we're talking about um, between uh, you know quote unquote identity and um, culture, you know, sexuality as identity, sexuality as culture, means that it adds this kind of like oh god, like a, a sort of existentially violent element to, and I keep, I've sort of said this word violence a couple of times, like, to the coming out process where you, 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 because this idea of essential identity is so abstract, you know, it's, it, it's so kind of, um, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, but it, it, it's kind of meaningless on a, on a lot yep, of levels. Yep. It means that when you claim that, and when you have this coming out process where you say, I am a gay man, for example, there's no, there's nothing to catch you, you know. There's, there's nowhere to go from there, you know. You can't. I mean, and 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 if you're lucky, you have a, an experience like you did, Simon, and you you find a, a place that can support that. But that, you know, it's like it's like a, 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 I'm just imagining like a kind of chasm, you know, with identity on one side and 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 cultural community on the other, and you kind of come out and 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 that throws you out across the chasm. And yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to really fucking hope that you land somewhere safe, you know. Yep. I, I mean, I just think that's kind of horrible, horrible, you know. Um, it, and, and quite a, like, uh, I think it's a really distressing process for a lot of people for that reason. Yeah, and I think this is the the problematic nature of the coming out politics that uh, we sort of touched on right at the start here. But um, if coming out is a two-part process, or if there are two types of coming out, there's coming out and identifying yourself in that sexual way, saying, I'm a gay man, I'm a lesbian woman, I'm a transgendered person, etc. Um, so there's that part, but then there's also the coming out into, cult- into a culture. Um, a lot of people have can, uh, are being told they have to do the first thing, the identifying in this particular way with having no access to the cultural element of it in Mm. any way. Um, And that can be extremely isolating for people. Totally, Um, totally. Particularly when you've had, you know, these people sort of who are, are, people who are outside of you saying, you've got to do this, it'll be the way that you can fully express yourself. And that's what I I use that term, you know, that you can fully express your identity by saying, by... by Live your your true self. Yeah, live your true self by doing that. But we then, then there's no access to community at all that allows you to actually do that. Uh, And you are sort of left stranded. Um, totally, and I think and- it's not—it's not only isolating. It's—it's it's, as a, you know. A, again, it's kind of existential. You know, like your your because as we've talked about the the what coming out does point to is is the the undeniable fact that the the you know the fact that we have to come out is evidence of the fact that we are different and mm. evidence of the fact that we are not normal. And so, if you kind of you know, assign yourself or are assigned this kind of, you know, essential identity and then have nothing to kind of do with that. You're just sort of left as this kind of abnormal, um, isolated, as you said, and, and, and kind of, you know, you're sort of nothing like you, you, Mm -hmm. you, it's really difficult to construct a selfhood around that. Yeah. And I, and I think that the, the other thing about that is that it can end up being quite 
a, a, a dangerous position to be in for, the, for, for those sorts of people. We were very lucky in that, uh, well, at least my family were very supportive and my friends were very supportive. Sure, yeah. I mean, and I take it the same for like, you. But the kind of people who have less access to these cultural spaces are the kind of people who, who are also less likely to have supportive family etc you know family friends etc totally. there's not a direct correlation between that but there is i reckon some correlation between sure that. but I, I mean i would say i i would say that even though i had supportive friends and family the experiences i've described in my in my late teens and early 20s were like that was a traumatic process for me yeah, you know I, and it was really a horrible a horrible experience and i i i didn't feel supported to come out i mean i i felt supported in the sense that you know my parents were like we love you and uh, and don't get me wrong I'm like super grateful for that um and I I didn't face much explicit homophobia but you know I think what we're saying here is that's that's not enough you know you yeah, need to be yeah. able to link it to to something more than that and not having that is it's it's really awful particularly and I think you need to have something linking it more than that, particularly given the coming out, come, the narrative of coming out that's, that goes back to the, you know, saying that if you come out, you're just expected that you'll be able to then live your true self. And the yes. reality is it's just not the case. It's just not the case for the majority of people. You know, I was lucky. I, I, I was very lucky. And I, I was very lucky that I had supportive friends and family who then supported me to go to groups of people, groups of people who are gay and mm. lesbian and trans um, and bisexual who then were also very supportive and I got on with them very well. And, you know, and that, that, that lasted for me for a few years and it really helped me quite a lot. But most people, many people don't have that access to that. So it's sort of like, come out, everything will be amazing. You know, it, it gets yes. better. And then suddenly, but then you're sort of left stranded. Um, totally. You know, I mean, it's the kind and all of that is not to say that, you know, I, I maintain this, despite everything that I've said, I maintain that coming out can be a very powerful thing mm. and can be a really healthy experience to go through. And I, I don't think uh, we, or, you know, at least I don't think I'm saying that something like coming out day, I think the fact that it offers an opportunity for people to do it is not a bad thing, but it's got to be it's got to be supported you know like you've got to do the other half of the work and it, you know it's and it's a you've got to do the other half of the work but it's also not always the best thing i think is the other thing to to identify sure well and if that's if that stuff is not there then sure yeah yeah or if you're putting yourself into a dangerous position in doing Absolutely. this then yeah. i totally you know and and, and and another thing i'd like to build on from this you know for our last point because we have sort of rambling on a bit here um you know it's also not necessarily always a necessary thing um because just because you are a man who has sex with men or a woman who has sex with women or etc etc does not mean you have to identify with one of these labels one of these labels that will make you you know that you come out to um mm. and that is also totally acceptable to be someone who is who doesn't identify as anything or is straight identifying but wants to have sex uh, with people of the same se of se same sex or gender, etc., etc. And so it's not inherently a necessary thing either. I think it's a powerful thing. It can be a very powerful thing for lots of people. It's not necessarily for all people, though. No. I mean, I, 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 I agree with you, but I think that that's kind of like an idea, like imagining an ideal society that doesn't really exist in that in that I think it often just becomes, you know, we live in a society that is obsessed with the nature of identity, uh, particularly when it comes to sexuality and gender, that 
coming out just becomes easier. Coming out to an identity become you know, like, you can't really, in our society, be a man who has sex with men and uh, not identify as gay. You can barely even be a man who has sex with men and identify as bisexual, given mm-hmm. the kind of policing that we do around that. Oh yeah, and and what would norm, you know what normally happens for those people is that, and, and I think there is a probably a bigger community than they exi- than exists as they exist is they sort of identify as straight, but have sex on the side that they never talk about with. Yes, anybody. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that is still relatively common, but uh, yeah, sure. And I'm trying to say that 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 sort of stuff is totally fine. You know, it's not necessarily it's not the ideal way of how I think love love things to work, and I'd like to have a more ideal solution situation than that. But sure, but we can all just fuck whoever we want and yeah, not exactly. need to be anything. Yeah, and maybe that's where we should um, wrap up because that's like <laughs> a lovely, lovely world. Yep. Imagine our our um our fantasy world. Um, well, that is, that's it for us today. Thank you for listening, and we will be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Um, as always, in the meantime, you can catch us on queers.podomatic.com. Um, go back and listen to some of our old episodes, or subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, and of course, please leave a review and rating, which will help other people find us. And you definitely want more people to, uh, to listen to us, don't you? We do. We have, we have things to say, Simon. Um, uh, and we say them frequently on Twitter where you can find us uh, in the meantime I am at Ben C. Riley um, and I'm at Simon Copland uh, and also go to my Facebook page which is at Simon Copland Writer that is all for us today we will see you next time head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.